Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook, sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. In today's episode, I'm talking with you about how I accomplish the goals that I set. And I think we can all agree if you've been in the industry for a while, there are so many courses and classes and tools for setting goals. Where the rubber meets the road, though, is execution. And I talk to so many real estate agents that struggle with overwhelm, just feeling like you're in a constant whirlwind of so many different issues and business and things that pop up in our transactions. It can be hard to really get the things done that are important to us. So today's episode is specifically about how I execute the process that I walk through to do that, to track things, and also all the different mindset things that we deal with along the way, like procrastination, overcommitting, just not feeling totally clear on what we're doing and why. So I encourage you to tune in and let's get executing. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real, and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. Welcome back to the High Performance Agent Podcast, and I can't believe it. It is that time already, that time being fall, (laughs) aka time to start thinking ahead about your goals and your plans for the new year and potentially doing some goal setting before it's actually 2024. And I wanted to record this episode because one thing that people know me for is my follow-through with my goals. So there's goal setting and then there's goal (laughs) follow-through. Goal setting isn't necessarily hard. Generally, I feel like there are a lot of really good real estate like classes and resources out there for goal setting, but tracking and moving towards those goals can be a quagmire for many reasons for a lot of people. So today I want to share the system I use somewhat for goal setting, but really how I use it for implementation. And I will say, like, even, you know, in my foray into running my academy for agents and coaching a lot of agents before that, implementation is where all of us can really struggle. So if you're already feeling a little bit like, oh man, this is a weak spot for me, just know that that's why I'm recording this. (laughs) Like, you are not alone. A lot of us struggle with overwhelm and just, I feel like, Being a real estate agent is so overstimulating. Like it is sensory overload. All of our inboxes, all of the fires that like get started and then 
you know, ignite bigger and bigger (laughs) throughout the day. Like it can be very hard to work in priority. And I think that that is something that is a perennial challenge and just finding a way to function inside of that chaos and, and hopefully, you know, maybe have some leverage or habits or people around you that can make that a little easier is really helpful. But this is something I just, I hear the word overwhelm all the time. So couple things I want to say as just like laying the groundwork for this. I want you to remember that we are all wired differently and what works for me may not work for you, but it definitely helps me to hear what other people are doing as long as I have permission to, for me, like give myself permission to try things out and if they fit, great. And if they don't, throw them away. (laughs) And I'm going to like kind of walk you through a little bit of my journey with that as I explain how I've kind of come to the place where I am. So I, you know, I've taken a lot of business planning and goal setting type courses (laughs) over the years from very, very early in my career. And I think there are some very foundational things that I'm definitely not touching into today of like how to set production goals and how to, you know, go from the profit you want to make and back that all the way up to not just how many homes you need to sell, but maybe how many appointments you need to go on, how many appointments you need to set, whether they're with sellers, whether they're with buyers, that would be a totally different topic. So I want to talk more about like, how do you make that happen? Like when you have that clarity of something either very specific like that or something very vague, how can you start moving towards action and accomplishment? So my story with this is way back, I think in 2013. So 10 years ago, I took a Keller Williams class and was introduced to a tool Called the 411. And 411 stands for four weeks, one month, one year. And I will say it's a little bit visual, but I'm just going to try and paint the picture because we are obviously in an auditory format here. But the idea is to have your weekly priorities and actions build to monthly achievement that leads to annual goals that you've set and then also into even bigger picture goals beyond this year. So I learned about this tool about 10 years ago, and I have been using it ever since. I think it just really resonated with me, and I built a habit of using it. In fact, I even have a time block. And by the way, I'm not a huge time blocker. (laughs) And I was going to say, oh, that might be a subject for another day, but I don't know. I found that if I fill my calendar with all different time blocks, I don't do them. It's overwhelming. It feels like I have no white space. So I actually time block very, very few things. The couple things that I do with my calendar rhythm, number one, I set aside a half hour every Monday to do my goal setting, but it's more like my tracking and my progress evaluation and then my planning for the week. And then the other thing that I do that is more of like a habit than a block is I really try to not have any appointments in the morning, like nothing before noon that gives me time to work out and work on my priorities before I go out and like have a lunch or go on an appointment or do anything out in the world where I basically start running around and reacting to other people instead of doing my own thing. And beyond that, there are very few things that are blocked in my calendar as like a standing thing at a given time. And I'd love to unpack more about like what I do and don't put in my calendar because I think that time management is such a challenging thing. But essentially, I have found it to be very valuable to dedicate time once a week to planning, progress evaluation, and going from there. In case you missed it, 
High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own, and are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo, and I'll send you everything you need. See you in the academy. Now, I've already alluded to this a little bit about giving myself permission to goal set. I mean, a huge part of my journey in the last couple of years has just been giving myself permission to take all the things I've learned over the years and assimilate them and make sure that what I'm doing is very much on my own terms and really fits with who I am and how my brain functions. And one example that relates exactly to this is I used to pressure myself to have smart goals for my business and other areas of life. And if you don't know the SMART um, acronym, it's specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and then T is for time-bound. And it's a really cool concept of like, if I have a goal, like the idea would be to not just have a goal of, I want to sell homes. It would be like, I want to sell 30 homes by the end of the year and at an average sale price of 350 right? And that would be very specific. It's measurable, action-oriented. I mean, the action is selling. That might be where you would actually hit a weak point of like, well, how am I going to get the leads? Realistic is 30 homes realistic, time-bound by the end of the year. That That really hits the smart, like the criteria. And that can be very powerful. But I have found for me that working inside of a context of smart goals is not always valuable. And part of what really clicked is sometime in the last year, I became aware of this sort of personality profiling thing called human design. And I'm not a human design expert, but it's sort of a cross between a personality profile and your horoscope. (laughs) So whether you're into that or not, one of the things that human design tells you is if you're a vague goal setter or a specific goal setter. And I always wondered why I wasn't someone who had a whole vision for my life. Like I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a mom. I never had a vision for what my wedding would look like. I knew I wanted a dream home someday, but I didn't like have a idea in my head of even exactly where it would be or what the kitchen would look like. I have very vague goals and that's actually like my human design per that profile. So for me, (laughs) it can sometimes be hard to think about the long-term big picture. I'm very vague, but if you want to know what I'm doing today or this week, boy, am I specific. (laughs) So like I've learned to just set goals that correlate with how I'm wired. So I'm not constantly like working against who I am. So I'm hoping that maybe there's something you're hearing along with like what I'm saying right now that might help you start to think differently about how you set goals or maybe like you set goals and you get nowhere near them or you don't know why you're setting them. Like I think that's more the like psychological side of goal setting where we can really get stuck 
Because if you do your business plan every year and then you set goals that you know you were excited about and then you you end up doing something totally different or you can't progress, like it can be so demoralizing. So that's something that I and and I've also had, you know, many times where I crush my goals, but I think like I had to kind of unpack what was underneath my goals and why I was even setting the goals I set and why I was setting them. Like was I just setting them because it sounded cool or because the idea of selling a hundred homes a year is like sounds nice or, you know, like or is that like what really matters to me? So one thing I stopped doing was pressuring myself to set smart goals, especially for the future. But there are certain things that I find very valuable to be measurable. So I just, I want you to have permission. If you need to start with a vague goal and not get stuck on making it fit like any sort of criteria, like please, please do that. And again, like I said, I've realized I can be very clear on the short term. Like here's an example for me. It works for me to have a longer term vague goal, like being able to quote, live off of passive income. And then I can bring that to a three-year vision of where I want that to look in the near term. I don't know why three years is kind of my magic number of like what I can imagine. It's just far enough out from now that it seems kind of far away, but isn't like 10 or 20 years when I'm like, I don't know anything about what my life's going to look like at that point. So you might be totally different, but think about that. Like your version of a long-term goal might be 20 years. It might be, I've heard of, I have a friend who has a goal to, I think, live to a hundred and be married to his wife for 50 years. Like that's so cool. That's just, and I, I love both of those things, but that's just like never been something that would have occurred to me. <laughs> so, st- so yeah, basically like back up, give yourself a second, like, okay, like what are the goals I want to set and why? And then that's where my like actual tool comes in to accomplishing and executing on those things. So let's talk again about this 411. Again, it stands for four weeks, one month, one year. First of all, big picture is this. I do use this as like a Google sheet. So if you're just trying to have a visual image, it's sort of like a a, a small but concise looking spreadsheet where I have columns and each in each column or section, I've defined an area of life that matters to me. So I've used this tool for 10 years. So I've built it out to be pretty detailed. I have a column for my real estate team, one for my coaching business, one for finances and all things money one for my marriage, one for my home life, and then one for me, like fun stuff, things that, you know, give me life and and happiness and all of that. Way back in the beginning, it was just business, money, and personal. And that was a very simple and clear place to start. So simple is awesome. You can maybe even start with just one column. I Normally when I teach people how to adopt this tool, I'm like, you know what? Just pick one area of life that gives you like joy at the idea of like working actively on it. And by the way, if that isn't your business right now, cool. Like use this for something personal. I'm using it right now to plan my home renovation. I track how many workouts I do, not because I'm like really, well, I am kind of crazy, but that's a different topic. I like to make sure I get my workouts in because the more I work out, the happier and more psychologically sound I am. So like I like having my goal of X number of workouts a week and kind of like counting up how I'm doing. So I look for things that empower me and improve the quality of my life. Like this is not a tool to beat myself up with. My brain can do that just fine on its own. Like I don't need to add any fuel to that fire. So basically to give you some like ideas of where you can start, once you know your areas of life, and again, maybe pick one, two, or three to start with, you want to start with a long-term goal. And like I said, I like three years. You might want five or 10 or 20. 
you can pick whatever you want. Like you do you. Like that is the <laughs> that's the number one piece of advice I'm going to give today. So pick an area of life and then write in whatever comes up for you as far as your long-term goal. Now, would it be helpful for you to like take an hour or multiple hours and like sit somewhere with a pen and paper and like really vision your life? Yes. But if you're just looking to start practicing using a tool and like moving into implementation, done is better than perfect. I said that on last week's episode and I think the one before <laughs> possibly. Just get something going because I I use this as a living, breathing document. It's literally a Google sheet just because I, I'm a weirdo. I like spreadsheets, but I like that it's digital. I can open it from anywhere, but I do like to kind of sit at my desk and at my computer and do my planning on Monday mornings. And like that just really works for me. And part of why it works is it's like, it's not in stone. It's not in like a sheet of paper that I printed out after I did my business planning and put in a drawer and never looked at again for a year. It's something that I can edit and flow with as I realize things, see what's working, see what isn't, see how my priorities shift so quickly sometimes in, you know, in the course of three months or six months. Like we bought a house unexpectedly in May. Like it wasn't on my list this year to plan a renovation and like fund that renovation and all the things that go into that. But that is what happened. So that's like, that was like a mid year change on the fly that I did to all of my goal setting. So pick something in that three, five, 10, 20 year range, whatever is that big picture feeling for you and write that in. And then from there, I work section by section downwards. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you're working on your business. I'm going to give you my own example for my real estate team. So I have a long-term goal at the top. For me right now, that's netting a certain amount of money annually while working a maximum of a set number of hours. So what I'm working towards doing and maintaining right now is moving my business more and more from like semi-active to more and more passive as far as like my day-to-day hourly involvement. So that's how I would set my goal. Your goal is probably different. Most people I talk to aren't trying to be like as passive in their business as I am, but that's just where I am because I really like focusing on coaching and helping agents and my podcast and all of that. So I've set that key goal of what I'm working towards mid or long term. Then I move down the page to what I'm doing this year to get there. So for business, that can be the easy one, especially if you want to do that like smart thing. That's my annual goal this year of what I'm going to net and the maximum number of hours per week I'm going to dedicate towards working on that right now. So again, that's just the phase I'm in. This is where, in my opinion, it can help to have a profit goal which is often backfilled into a production goal, right? Like, so if you want to sell 15 million in closed volume to yield a net profit of, I'm just spitballing here, 250,000 after you pay all staff, contractors, you know, broker costs, even taxes. Some people set goals for before or after tax income. Again, we're getting more into like the weeds of goal setting, but like just to kind of get your wheels turning, pick something that empowers you. That's not so insane that you're setting yourself up to be like, well, what do I even do to move towards that? But something that stretches you and excites you and feels like, hey, like I want to do the things that will (laughs) lead me towards that. And that is such like a critical part of all of this in my experience. So that is the annual. And again, ideally it's measurable here, but maybe it isn't. Maybe, maybe you're just working towards something and it's not about the exact dollars or outcome, especially if it's maybe a different area of your life or a line of business where it's more important to build a foundation than, 
you know, turn a profit yet. Like for example, like with my podcast, I'm more interested in investing in the foundation. I do look at my numbers of followers and stuff like that and number of downloads. But for me, it's more about figuring something out and then I'm going to finesse it later. So I think just giving yourself permission to be like, what's my motivation right now? Why am I really doing this? Because again, if you're going to be spending time doing stuff and fitting these priorities into your life, you know, it's, it's got to be worth it. So from there, I've set my annual goal and then I move down the page to the next section to what I'm doing this month to be on track for the annual goal. So if we're going with a production, like a sales production example, I usually personally look at generating enough leads to hit that goal on a monthly basis. And for me, by this point, I have my conversion rates nailed and a very strong team. So there were times in the past where I focused on how many appointments we set or how many listing agreements we signed. All of those are very, very valid goals, by the way. For me, the lever that makes all the difference right now is lead flow. And that's really, you know, the top of the pipeline for all of us. So if you're asking me, Tina, what should I focus on? More leads will generally solve most of your business problems. Not all of them but most of the big ticket ones because it'll get you on track for your you know your income goal and it can also generate excess revenue that will fund any sort of staffing systems infrastructure or investment that you need to make back into your business so for me i set goals around things that will maintain or increase the lead flow for me that can be activity that i'm like personally doing like number of outreaches or planning a specific event or it can just be maintaining, putting in place, or leveling up things like systems, like my email marketing campaign, what I'm doing with my social media. Like It's crazy how my level of activity on social media drives the number of like outreach of people who you know just come to me with their questions or have built enough trust to feel like they're ready to you know come to me and hire me and my team or at least you know explore that. So that is where I get into something generally more measurable for the month or at least closer to measurable or an action, like a thing to do. And then from there, I move a little further down the page to the final section, which is what I'm going to do this week to achieve the monthly goal. And this is where execution takes off for me. Everything prior to that is planning and clarity. And both of those things are very crucial of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And is that something that will actually be effective? But execution is where most of us break down. I could count, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many realtors I've met with who've set their goals. And then the implementation is where you just feel kind of slapped across the face by life, by the business, by the realities and challenges of really getting things done. So you probably know all the reasons why we have those execution breakdowns. First of all, we're human beings. We're not robots. We're busy. We already feel overwhelmed. Like I said, we have all these like inputs, so many inboxes, so many ways that like our clients can blow us up and, you know, all the things that happen in transactions. And then another crazy thing that I think is cool, but also tough about being a real estate agent is like you're out in your car driving around a lot of the day. So your schedule is scattered. It can be unpredictable. You may not have much time at a computer to ever sit and feel like you can, you know, get something done that might require like focus <laughs> besides like making calls on the road or sending texts or DMs in your downtime in between appointments. And really, it's just easy to lose sense of a priority when you have constant urgent issues in real estate. Like there's a great goal setting book that I read years ago called The Four Disciplines of Execution. 
they talk about this thing called the whirlwind. And I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. It just feels like you're in a tornado just flying around trying to survive. And when you're in the whirlwind, you're just surviving. You're playing whack-a-mole. There are issues cropping up all day, every day. And that is why I love this specific planning and execution system for me because I boil down to one priority every week that is my must-do. And it's a short list. And that's the key. (laughs) Because the more I'm trying to do, the less likely I am to get any of it done. So I boil it down to the bare essentials. And then I do my very best to make sure that that thing gets done. So a friend asked me yesterday, okay, but like, so say you like get your weekly goals set up, like, how do you make sure, like, where do you put it? What do you do? And I was like, oh, her name's Laura. I love Laura. She gives me some of my best podcast episode ideas. So I said to her, oh, okay, well, first of all, this is where everyone has a personal preference. So what I do may not resonate for you. But what I found for me is that any sort of digital means for my to-dos, it just doesn't work for me. So like throwing everything in an iPhone note or an email inbox, that's never a good way for me. Or a digital checklist, it just doesn't resonate. I like a piece of pen and paper. Now, I will say I do have a brain dump in my iPhone notes so I can write things down when I'm out and about. But when I sit and do my planning time at my desk, that is where I collate the things and figure out what is actually a priority and what can I just not do (laughs) and what can I delegate or what can sit. But at the end of the day, basically, I sit down at my computer on Monday. I have a legal pad next to my computer because I found that like I used to use like a smaller sheet of paper. It wasn't big enough, but I definitely don't like my to-do list to be more than one page. Otherwise, I am seriously in trouble. And then every Monday, I update my 411 from the last week. So I look at what did I get done last week? What did I not get done? And then I, I basically recalibrate and plan. And then on my little sheet of paper <laughs> on the top half, my couple key priorities go. And then on the bottom half is everything else. And my deal with myself is I do the top half first and the bottom half comes later. And obviously, again, like I said, I'm a human being, not a robot. I don't always function this way. This is just what I'm shooting towards. And it, you know, I had this wonderful coach years ago who taught me this concept of A, B, and C priorities. I think A was for apples. I'm not sure what A was, but it was like something healthy. B was beer and C was chocolate. And her whole thing was your B and C priorities might taste good. They feel good. They're easy to accomplish, but they don't help you much work inside your A priorities. So that just always made me laugh of like the beer and chocolate is like, for me, it's like tidying my desk, clearing my inbox, returning unimportant text messages when really I need to be doing that A thing, which by the way, the A thing doesn't even take that much time. Sometimes it might just take like courage or a little bit of like brain work where I really need to like focus or or think really critically and it's easy to procrastinate. And that's where I really want to talk about like, well, okay, Tina, I, I'm, I'm down with this, with this idea where I can set an annual goal, I can move it into something a little more like action or timely based for the month and then to the week. But what happens when I don't get it done? Because I think that's where we can go into like a shame spiral where you just want to hide and like put those goals you set away in a drawer and not look at them again. <laughs> so when I don't get my priorities done first, I forgive myself as quickly as possible and have a little compassion. The second is I look at my to-dos and I try and figure out what overwhelmed me. There are often a few culprits. First of all, failure to delegate. You know, what can I give away that I'm trying to do myself? That's that's the one really getting me right now, by the way. I'm I'm working on that right now. The second thing, and this is always going to get me maybe till the end of time, 
is was I overambitious, aka is there way too much on my list? And that for me is when it's time to cancel lunches unless the lunches are something to like recharge. Things that maybe I agreed to that looking back were not in priority. I bow out of commitments, always with grace. I never leave people hanging, but I tend to kind of overcommit and look back and be like, you know what? I didn't need to do all that and no one even cared, by the way. I back down and sometimes I need to back down how many projects I thought I wanted to take on. I have this thing where I always underestimate how much time events take to plan and just how much like of my bandwidth they take up. So I'm constantly being like, nope, don't do that. And if you really want to do it, you can do it later. Like it doesn't all have to be now. I have all these little conversations with myself in my head. And then so that, okay, so the culprits for me, failure to delegate, overambitious. And then the third one is procrastination. I do this the most often when I'm burned out or totally uninspired or not bought in to what I said I was going to do. So usually this means I need to give myself a break and recharge. Sometimes I need to look at what I can delegate, stop doing, what can I delete from my calendar. And sometimes I just need to be real and be like, you know what? I could do that. I should do that. But I just know I'm not gonna. So in that reality, what am I going to do instead? (laughs) And that gives me the chance to be like, you know what? Like I had this idea in the spring. If Melissa listens to this, she will laugh so hard. Um, I had this idea in the spring that I would send CMAs to all of my past buyers that still owned their house and basically be like, hey, do you want to sell? It's a great idea. You may love that idea. But I found, so Melissa, our team concierge, helped me start to assemble comps. It just started to feel like a terrible homework project that I did not want to do. It lived on my list for weeks. I felt some guilt. I felt a little ashamed because I had her spend time on it. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. There are so many other... I would rather private message that same person on Facebook and just ask them how they're doing and then get into a conversation about whatever. And before I do all this work, see if it's even worth it. So like you may have things like that that kind of loom over you. And I've just learned to be like, okay, like what's going on here? And what can I do instead? Because I feel like with lead generation, there's almost always a pivot. I mean, at the end of the day, I do need to follow up with my leads. I need to like be in contact with people. They're not going to magically take care of themselves. But there's often something I can adjust with the tactic or the timeline or the level of like perfection and standards that I'm putting on things to figure it out. So basically, when I catch myself not getting priorities done, I look at what's going on, whether it's failure to delegate, just trying to do too much, the procrastination, and then I give myself permission to recalibrate. And then if it doesn't matter, I I just take it off my goal list. If it still matters and it's still the thing to do this week, I just roll what didn't get done last week into this week. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? That would be great to do, but it really doesn't need to happen now. I have a little section at the bottom where I put everything in italics that I want to do in the future at some point. And, And then at the end of every month when I update my goal sheet, that's my chance to look at that and be like, does that matter now or not? And it's often surprising what changes in priority when you just let things breathe a little bit and don't feel like you need to do everything all the time. So if I have any other like type A overachievers listening to this, I hope you're kind of nodding your head. And and Laura was asking me like, what do you do with your great ideas that like you just can't do now? Like I often put them on my 411 in this little bottom kind of holding tank. So it just gives me that peace of mind that like it's there if I need it and I don't have to feel FOMO that it's not happening. So that's what I do. I basically plan every week and then I have a, a you know a pad of paper next to me, but I think you can hear there's also a lot of like mindset and 
You may have or need to have a coach to help you through this. I've had a lot of coaches over the years. At this point, I kind of know myself. There are definitely times where I need outside resources, but for me, it's really like learning to work inside of like how I think, how I feel, and just to really know and understand my business and trust my instincts and trust that like, I know how to generate leads. I've proven that. So let's just really, and I'm just using like a business example, but you know, I, I again, use this for, for all areas. So ultimately, like I want to give you permission to embrace who you are, set goals that are on your own terms and not what sounds good or what someone else is doing. Use the platform that you're actually going to use, by the way. So like I said, I like my Google Sheet and my, you know, my little legal pad. You may want something different. You might use Trello. You might use notes in your phone. You might use, I think there's like a task function in Gmail. It's just like if you find that things are building up and are being ignored, it could be procrastination or it could be the completely wrong platform. So that's something to just look at instead of feeling bad about it. Just like zoom out and be like, okay, what is this about? What other options are available to me? There's also a really great book if you want a tip on productivity called Getting Things Done. It's a classic. And I'm going to butcher it because it's been a few years, but it has this great passage on like delete, delegate, don't do. That really empowered me to just do a lot more deleting. <laughs> so I'm someone who like, there's just never enough deleting. There, there's always too many things that I, I dream of doing and I just have to be as disciplined as possible. So that is how I execute on goals. And I will say a lot of people ask me for a copy of my goal sheet and coaching on this whole system. That is the kind of waters that I dive into really deep with High Performance Agent Academy. So if you feel like you want way more support and systems than what I'm describing here, definitely join the waitlist because we cover this in depth. It's one of my favorite things to teach. I usually have a student where I like walk them through their goals and everyone watches live and really starts to understand not how to just do this, but how to think through it. And this system has been so key to executing on almost everything in my life, at least in the last 10 years growing my team, hitting production goals, hitting profit goals, and then so many aspects of my personal life. Like right now, I'm using it to plan our house renovation, which I mentioned. I use it to make sure I actually have enough date nights with my husband. It's so easy to lose sight of with small kids, especially. I use it to make sure I'm doing fun personal stuff like going to lunch with my girlfriends. And I track my workouts because my workouts have a direct correlation to how happy I am. (laughs) So I'm going to cut it here. I try and keep these as concise, but information filled as possible. I really hope you got value from today's episode. Please do me a favor. If you have a colleague who's working on their business plan or improving their goal execution, can you share this episode with them? Or maybe even just go ahead and post this on your Instagram or Facebook story. I am hoping to grow the podcast organically. So I'd love your support with that. And I will talk to you soon on next week's episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Beliveau. Talk to you soon.